Henry Ward Beecher said of the Sabbath, A world without it would be like a man without a smile, like a summer without flowers, and like a homestead without a garden. Almost two years into a global pandemic and months of face masks, we all know what it is to miss a friendly smile. A summer with no flowers would be painfully bland, and a homestead without a garden, well, it would leave us all starving, wouldn't it? There is no exact way to practice Sabbath, and this is a place where all manner of ideas of rest and peace converge. Whether you observe a Sabbath rest for religious practice, spiritual and physical renewal, financial necessity, or any number of other reasons, you're welcome here. This is the Sabbath Slowdown Podcast, hosted by Rachel Ashworth, and we're glad you're here. April Fools! You've heard this exclamation from a young age, especially if you went to public elementary school. I know my own nine and ten-year-olds in my household have been patiently awaiting some mischief on April 1st. One kid has been saving ketchup packets to stick under the toilet seat for a prank. The other very much wanted to drop some jello packets into the toilet tank, which I'm glad I intervened. Whatever you know about April 1st, you probably know this. It's the day of pranking and mischief, and none of us really know why. When did this start? Well, historians think the April Fool's Day tradition traces back to the 16th century when France switched from the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar. Under the Julian calendar, the new year would be celebrated in April, but only the upper-class citizens knew of the switch. As they watched the peasants celebrate New Year's, they called them gullible fish, which is thought to have evolved into gullible fools. And if you didn't already know how this sort of strange tradition of pranking for no good reason at all originated, now you know. All of us have been duped by the Gregorian calendar, if we're really honest with ourselves. In a lot of ways, the calendar is the first form of media bias we've been exposed to as a people. Just look at your iPhone or Google Calendar settings. You can add calendars and remove calendars because somewhere along the way they were added automatically. If you look at retail stores, you'll notice right away what the calendar is telling you. We had Valentine's Day, now we're looking at Easter. Just give it a couple more weeks and you'll see the summer picnic and barbecue merchandise telling you it's time to fire up the grill and invite friends and family over for outdoor games, maybe even pool parties. The calendars tell us more than when to celebrate holidays. Look at your calendar, either printed or digital, and what's the first thing your mind concludes? Weekdays versus weekends, because... We want to know when we're going to work and when we're not going to work. Because of the calendar, we know when we're supposed to work and when we're supposed to have a day off. 
As a freelance writer, my calendar also tells me when I should bill for hours and projects and when to expect to get paid. I urge you to take a look at your calendar. Do you ever look at it? What do you connect with on the calendar most? Open one up and look over it with me now. Look at the screen or the calendar page at the squares along the right. The last day of the week. It's Saturday and it's the day I've chosen to practice Sabbath. Actually, it's the day many generations of people have kept Sabbath and still do today. There are several pastors who attend church on Sunday who even keep the seventh-day Sabbath with their families and then go to work on Sunday. I'm here to say that the religious tradition of Sabbath was meant for the seventh-day Sabbath, but the Sabbath can benefit spiritually, emotionally, mentally, and physically no matter what day you keep it. Does it sound like I'm repeating myself? (laughs) That's because as a girl who grew up in a fairly religious household, I was always too worried about telling people about Sabbath, letting people know the right day for Sabbath, instead of telling them about Sabbath in the first place. That's what this is all about. This podcast, I mean, the Sabbath Slowdown Podcast. It's about slowing down and living in the gift of the Sabbath. Wherever you're at spiritually, wherever you attend church, whatever day you're able to practice, even if you don't attend church at all. So, growing up, I always thought the world was being duped about what day to practice Sabbath, but really, we have all been duped about how to practice Sabbath. How I practice Sabbath now that I'm an adult with three kids and a job and all kinds of household duties is entirely different than Sabbaths when I was young. Back then, I thought Sabbath practice was about how little I could do. It was about a day where everything was controlled, and even if I couldn't do everything right for six other days of the week, I could follow the rules on this one day. Even if I screwed up and lied, misbehaved, gossiped, and fought with my brothers all week long, I could sit quietly and abstain from TV and attend church on Sabbath. I was duped by an idea of Sabbath that was never meant to be. It should be a standard that we know we cannot meet through the week. We take it easy and avoid work on this one day because doing it one full day will help us ease the stress of work on the other six days. We enjoy hobbies and go outdoors, maybe even avoid electronics, on this one day, and that naturally inclines us toward hobbies and outdoors and away from electronics throughout the week. It's not about control at all. If you like to attend church on Sabbath, awesome! If you worship God and want to spend the day in prayer and worship, awesome. But if you want to spend the day with family, that is an excellent way to rest. If you want to just, you know, do nothing, that is awesome too. The point of this episode is to remind you, my beautiful listeners, that we have all been duped about the most beautiful gift ever given to us. Sabbath rest is like a Rolls Royce sitting in our driveway. It's got our name on the title, our favorite playlist on the stereo, 
It's got seat warmers and a leather interior. It's beautiful and so, so comfortable, but we can't drive it. So for a while, we climb in and turn the key, listen to the gentle hum of the engine for a second before turning up the radio and hitting play. We'd recline in those warm seats and just listen. Eventually, our time in the beautiful car grows shorter and shorter until we just look at it through the windows of our house. We wish it could be different, but sitting out there without driving it just isn't fun anymore. And then something crazy happens. Someone comes over to visit, a friend, and remarks on this beautiful car. It's beautiful, they say, and you downplay it. Of course it's beautiful, isn't it? But it just sits there. Can I see the inside? Your friend asks. And of course you head out to the car with key in hand. As the engine hums quietly, your friend draws your attention to the shift, which had been covered up all along by a huge card. You know the kind of card they sell around Mother's Day and Valentine's Day? It's like a big poster board folded in half. They're the size of a television screen. There it sat, covering up the shifter. There's a heart on the outside of the card, and the inside says, Enjoy. Remember me on the road. The gift was meant to be driven all along. It was meant to be enjoyed. It was meant for you, and it was wonderful and all it ever became was the one thing it couldn't do, drive. But that was all a lie. April Fool's friend, we've all been duped into thinking Sabbath is only for religious people. It's only for church people. It's only for church worship. It's only for pious, good people or family people. I believe what the Bible says about Sabbath. Sabbath is made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Men and women have lots of different needs. We have lots of interests, imagination, desire, dreams, shortcomings. If the Sabbath for you is a Rolls Royce and a coastline drive, then the Sabbath for me is a horse and a mountain lake. We both want to enjoy it, but we may not be enjoying exactly the same thing. Even when it comes to worshiping on the Sabbath, some people connect more with scholarly reading, others connect with God through worship more with making music, dancing, serving, hiking, camping. So yes, for years I was duped into thinking Sabbath was rule-oriented, that it was only for religious and correct people. I was duped into thinking I could be good on Sabbath to balance out all the bad I did through the week. What have you believed about Sabbath? How have you been duped? Have you been duped into thinking you cannot have a day off? Too many feel this way about their jobs, oftentimes even if it's not a career but just a job. Parents are often duped into thinking they cannot have a day off unless they don't have their kids in the house? And have you been duped into thinking that the family man can take a Sabbath off, but not the corporate CEO with no kids? 
And have you been duped into thinking that you cannot benefit from the gift of the Sabbath if you're practicing on a different day than the other Sabbath keepers? This may be the biggest dupe of all, and it hurts people. So what can we do about it? The same thing we've done with April Fool's. When we grew up, we stopped finding it entertaining to watch other people hurt. Let's share Sabbath with others and meet them where they're at and share the benefits of it regardless of religious affiliation or belief. Let's examine ourselves and ask ourselves, why do we care so much about how others spend their time? Do we really want what's best for them? Don't we really want what's best for them? Our simple Sabbath recipe is a fabulous Asian-inspired dish that takes me back to my college days, actually. (laughs) I just think it has a lot of flavor and some great colors that remind me of spring. Incidentally, um, Hawaiian chicken, another word for the recipe we're going to look at, is what my friend Jen made for us that helped her pack up her college dorm room and um, she fed us for helping her pack so there's a little story about me. Pineapple chicken. This pineapple chicken is a stir fry of chicken, pineapple, and vegetables tossed together in a sweet and savory sauce. For the vegetarians among us I recommend roasting some cauliflower and substituting the chicken. It takes 10 minutes to prepare, 20 minutes to cook, for a total of 30, and it serves four. You'll need two teaspoons of vegetable oil, one pound of boneless, skinless chicken thighs cut into one-inch pieces, one red bell pepper seeded, cored, and cut into one-inch pieces, one cup of pineapple chunks, fresh or canned, I like fresh, one teaspoon of minced garlic, one teaspoon of minced ginger, three-fourths cup pineapple juice, one-fourth cup low-sodium soy sauce, one-third cup low-sodium chicken broth, one-third cup hoisin sauce, one-fourth cup brown sugar, two teaspoons cornstarch, two teaspoons sesame seeds, one tablespoon sliced green onions, and salt and pepper to taste. First, heat the oil in a large pan over medium heat. Season the chicken with salt and pepper and add it to the pan. Cook the chicken for six to eight minutes until it's cooked through. Add the bell pepper and pineapple to the pan and cook this for four to five minutes or until tender. Add the ginger and garlic and cook for 30 seconds more, just until those flavors come out. In a small bowl, Whisk together the pineapple juice, soy sauce, chicken broth, hoisin sauce, and brown sugar. Add the sauce mixture to the pan and bring to a simmer. Mix the cornstarch with one tablespoon of cold water and then stir until smooth. Add this cornstarch mixture to the pan and stir to combine. 
Bring to a boil and cook for one minute or until sauce has just thickened. Sprinkle this with the sesame seeds and green onions and serve. You may want to skip the step where you mix the cornstarch with the one tablespoon of cold water and just go ahead and add it to the sauce, but it's always better to mix it with the cold water first. Just a tip from a lowly chef like myself. <laughs> I hope you enjoy. For our nature lovers moment, I have a word from the beautiful book called What a Wonderful Word by Nicola Edwards and Louisa Urebi. Our word is Mista Manchachi. It's Quechua. A light drizzle that frightens city dwellers, fashionable people, and tourists. The people who speak Quechua are native to the Andean region of South America, which includes the mountains of Peru, Bolivia, and Ecuador. These people are mostly rural and are more likely to welcome rain than visitors, as rain provides much needed water for their crops and animals. In the town of Tarata in Bolivia, at the annual San Severino Festival, People joyfully celebrate the coming of the November rain. If you live in North America like I do, you may be experiencing quite a bit of rain after a fairly dry few months. This is one of my favorite times of year because the rains bring a summer smell with them. I love the image of tourists being afraid of the rain, whereas the people in a certain place love it. It makes me think of when my family lived in Oregon for a short time, and we would wait and wait for the sunshine. Actually, we had to keep our shoes right by the door because if the kids had to go find them, we'd miss the sunlight and it'd be raining again by the time we got out the door. And then we lived in Wyoming for a few years where the sky would not give us rain for months and months. It would be snow all winter and then hot air throughout the summer and then the sky would refuse to send rain. As a girl who loves rain, this was always hard for me. I was always just so happy when the rain came. So if you run from rain, today's nature lover's moment was for you. But if you love rain, maybe you've heard of this word, pluviophile. There you go. almost went into this in our main segment, but I thought it'd be better as our get started tip. You know I'm a big writer, so pause this episode and grab a pen and paper. I'll give you a second. Now, write out what lies you believe or have believed about Sabbath. Sabbath in particular. For example, Do you believe it's only for religious people or Seventh-day Sabbath keepers? Do you believe there are rules attached to Sabbath? Second question. 
What do you believe or have you believed about rest? For instance, that you have to have everything done in order to rest, or you have to have the house looking nice, or the kids at the sitter, that you have to do certain things to deserve rest. Third question, what do you believe or have you believed about peace? Do you believe peace is attainable or unattainable in today's world for anyone, especially for yourself? You don't have to journal through all these thoughts right now, but I hope you wrote down the questions and can take time this week to reflect on them before coming back here next week for more from the Sabbath Slowdown Podcast. Until next time, stay rested. Hello, it's me again. I just wanted to thank you again for listening to the Sabbath Slowdown Podcast and let you know that you can find us on Instagram at Sabbath Slowdown Podcast. I'd love it if you would look us up and give us a like. Additionally, you could help support the podcast by subscribing and setting episodes to download automatically. If you're unsure how to do this, reach out on Instagram and I'll walk you through it. It also helps others to find the podcast when you take the time to leave a review. So when you have a moment, please consider writing a quick review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I appreciate it so much. Finally, if you'd like to support my podcast with monetary donations, you can find a donation button along with all our previous episodes at anchor.fm forward slash Sabbath Slowdown Podcast. This will help further the mission of our podcast. Rest for everyone. Thanks.